Welcome back to MLS Net Boys. After an eventful week in MLS, how are you doing, Jacob? Good. It's feeling a little bit redundant here. We ask each other how we're doing and just come off of a terrible result from the Timbers. And we're going to save that for a bit, though. I'm doing good. Yeah. Enjoying I, my nice I, Oregon gray, snowy spring. Yeah, I feel as though that question is more posed to like, how we feel outside of the Timbers, but it just, you know, it bleeds over. No matter how many days after the Timbers game we record this, there's always just those lingering feelings of, what the heck did I just waste my time watching? It's because I gotta, you gotta integrate yourself back into the, into the MLS content. Because you know, I'll watch the game and then I'll, I'll go do other stuff and then I kind of forget about it. I feel better. But now that I'm looking at the table and you know, prepping and getting notes ready for this, it's just pain. Hey man. After I was watching the MLS wrap-up, they showed the uh, league table. We're still in a playoff position in ninth place. That's right where Gio wants to be. Road playoff team, and you already know we're going to come away with some some scary good results. We never really talked about the playoff like structure, but kind of absurd that you can be in ninth place in your uh, conference and still make it into the playoffs. Yeah, let's touch base about that just, just briefly because I, we'll have more time another time but i don't know i'm a big playoff guy a lot of your more european soccer fans and just other people are just not a fan of the, the euro snobs i was avoiding that word but you said it um but people across the pond people from other places just don't get it it's just an american sports thing and mls is trying to be like kind of in between catering to the classic american fan but also more european style which i feel like it's a good mix but there's just too many teams in it now, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, they expanded the playoff format, so now nine teams from both conferences make it in. Um, there's a play-in game for the eighth and ninth place team, and then there's like a weird like best of three game. So it's, we'll go into depth a little bit later in the season into it and uh, kind of give our thoughts. But yeah, I agree. It's it's like they're trying to cater to both sets of fans because they kind of limited playoff games um, so that regular season form had a little bit more impact. So, you know, if you finished higher in the table, you got a home playoff game. But also they want that sweet, sweet money, you know, and they want to have more games, so they expand the playoffs. Meanwhile, they're also expanding the league. So uh, kind of crazy that, like, 62% of the teams in the league make it into playoffs, Some which – Good math right there. Which is crazy. You can you can finish 18th in the Supporter Shield rankings, 18th across the league, and still win the title that, like, in years' times, people will be talking about you and nobody will talk about the Supporter Shield. Real quick, you playoffs guy or no? I, I really appreciate playoffs. As a Timbers fan where we're rarely in, like, the Supporter Shield, like, mix – I look forward to playoffs. I, I really enjoy it. I think like the magic of the playoffs is always fun. But at the same time, I think Supporter Shield should be valued a little bit higher. So I agree with the Supporter Sh I'm a big playoff fan. But I agree Supporter Shield should be valued more. It's just the way the league is now with the unbalanced number of teams and how you don't play every team even at all in the season. I just... It, it is a serious trophy and you get into Champions League. But... That's why the MLS Cup outweighs it because, I don't know, I compare it like to March Madness or like World Cup style or Champions League where there's like upsets. And 
I love it. I'm not a fan of like this format. My favorite was probably I think it was like 2018 was the last year where it was like the two the first the first round was like a playoff just one off game which is fine for the play in, but then after that it was two legged home and away series. And I know a lot of people are getting rid of away goals, so maybe they could scrap that out of it. Um, but I don't know. There is some. I love MLS playoffs. There's so many exciting moments and just classic things that have happened, like lifelong memories. I I could remember from my team and other teams because of it. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it pans out because, I I agree. I, it's definitely really exciting, and I think for fans in other countries who are looking to get into the league it's definitely different and refreshing for them i mean if i was like somebody in england and i just was like a like a championship fan like if i just supported like a random like watford or something like one of those teams that's in the balance and you just watch like the top three teams win every year like yeah it's definitely fun as a neutral to watch the prem and see these like really high level players and this high level play but you kind of know the result like before the season even starts, you kind of know like one of the like five teams is going to win it versus like if I was a fan over there and I kind of want to check in on MLS and you see this like crazy, like weird playoff format start and you're like, who the heck is going to end up as the champion this year? It's usually kind of like a crazy storyline, except for like last year you saw like for the first time in quite a while, like the top two teams actually make it to the final, like the number one and two seed from the supporter shield on either side of the conference made it to the final, which was really fun to see. Cause you saw like this insane quality in the final, but at the same time across other years where you see like a Portland, like barely squeak into the playoffs and they make a mouth. run to the final, or you see like a Seattle just like dominate and then get just trashed out of the playoffs or something. It's, it's really cool to see, and I think as other fans kind of, you know, play MLS is definitely expanding in other countries, so I think a lot of fans are probably finding some, like, refreshing, like, nuance in, in how our league is run. Yeah, you can take any – you can criticize a lot about MLS, but one thing we have is, you know, you go up a, in Europe's top leagues, PSG runs France, you know. I'll Bayern, speak too soon, man. Bayern Munich runs Germany juventus was the big tub it's a little more balanced now and i know there's bigger clubs in italy but even in the premier league man city's won five out of the last six years i believe and maybe could win it again this year so the parity just isn't there whereas in mls it's like we've had 10 different teams win the last like 11 championships only seattle has been the team who's won two um which is awesome i think it's awesome to see as a fan yeah it's it's like every like European podcast to listen to where they talk about other leagues when they try and like spice things up and they try and like talk about something more unique. They drop down to like third through like sixth or seventh place. Like they talk about those teams that are on the brink where it's like, Oh man, this team's doing so good. They're going to push for third place this year. And it's kind of like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like, yeah, they're going to be in the champions league, but you know what? Other than that, like other than that, like, versus MLS when you you're like this team's like squeaking into the playoffs they made it to the next round without like producing a single shot in their first playoff game you know they make it all the way to the conference finals and then they lose to the Timbers um <laughs> but you know there's They're just cool specific <laughs> club you're talking about I agree and there's two points I'll make like for in defense of this because yeah I, I see people say well I have a friend who says this it makes the regular season like irrelevant and like 
there's no point. Like, what's the point of doing good in the regular season? There's no pressure for these teams who just don't make the playoffs where there's no relegation. And that, I say, look at your Premier League teams from, like, ninth place to, like, 14th place. Those teams who just stay directly in the middle. They're safe from relegation every year. They're never going to challenge for Europe. That's why they're adding stuff like Conference League just to, like, get some more meaningful games. But in MLS, there are so many trophies where so many teams have a different chance of, like, getting. It's rare in MLS if somebody gets, like, a double supporter shield, an open cup, and, like, an MLS cup all in one. Yeah. But then also, I take the biggest statistical upset in Premier League history, Leicester, when they won it in 2016. Amazing story. It was so awesome to watch as a fan of the game. But they won the Premier League at Jamie Vardy's house watching Chelsea or whoever it was lose in second place. And so they won it without, like, not even in a game. And I was just like, I always see that kind of get memed on in MLS circles, but it was really, like, a thing that sticks out to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's like comparing, like, apples and oranges. And, I mean, when you see... Apples are better. Well, I was actually referring to the Premier League when I meant apples there, so <laughs> joke's on you. You just said the Premier League's better than MLS. But when you kind of look at MLS and you look at the different competitions and there's like a salary cap and these restrictions, um, it kind of comes down to clubs to structure their team based on how they want to perform. Like you see teams like Portland where they're always really successful in cup competitions. So you see teams like kind of sh- like – structure themselves and they build their roster out in different ways so you see teams that like really really solid throughout the regular season and then they kind of fall off in playoffs for whatever reason or they they you know they can kind of pick their focus and it's i think there's something kind of special about that versus when you kind of look across europe you see these super teams that are just like harboring all these players and they're trying to compete across every competition which is cool but in MLS, I like the fact that you it's very rare to find a team that's going to compete really deep in almost every competition. It kind of spreads the wealth of like excitement for fans. I agree. And this last point on this, and then we'll move on to our games. This is like the beginning lore of how our podcast started. We, we play pro clubs every week on Monday nights. It's, it's clubs Monday. But me and Chase have a bad habit of uh, staying like, three hours up later after everybody else leaves the party and then we just talk about MLS roster regulations and different rules and stuff and what we like about the league so that's all that's how the podcast started so always starts with that and then it just bleeds into like the most random discussions about like life and like weird deep philosophies and and then it goes back to like dude you see that random like U.S. men's national team prospect (laughs) and like Serbia or something and then we just go like straight back into soccer after having a really deep conversation that's right if you got a group of friends like that stick with them let's get right into the weekend though can we just get it out of the way can I just start with the Timbers game I want to it was the first game up actually first game of the weekend this was their free game this was like their 130 time slot even though the game started a half an hour later this was a terrible game to watch. I I watched this game with my girlfriend, and even, like, throughout the game, she just kept, like, kind of just saying, she's like, what the heck am I watching? And I told her, I said, this feels like I'm watching a men's league, like a Sunday league game where the ref is, like, has, like, this ego issue where he, like, wants to keep handing out cards and, you know, randomly, like, like withdraw and, like, let stuff slide. It was just weird, and there was so much, like, 
there was no flow state in the game. Like the ball was never in play for more than like five minutes at a time. It felt like it was a really ugly game. Same thing happened to me. I was watching with my wife and she's not the biggest soccer fan. She'll watch with me just to this is what we do on the weekends. And she even told me after the game, that was a terrible game. Like it just was not fun to watch. I don't want to dwell on this because they were missing so many players each team. We never said the score. For anybody who didn't watch the game, it was uh, Portland versus L.A. <laughs> it was uh, nil-nil. Um, I don't Portland. even think we mentioned who was playing. <laughs> it just said Timbers, and then we just start ranting. Uh, Timbers missing eight players through injury and then missing uh, Juan Carlos Mascara. I forget. I always forget his first name, Mascara. David. Juan David. Juan David. That's right. We missed Mascara through um, international duty, which was a big miss because we had Pablo Bonilla out there. Guy the just looked like he had been watching Van Rankin clips all day. No, 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 no. Dude, don't. he looked terrible. He was more Alice Powell-esque. Energetic, could get in good spots, and then as soon as he crosses the ball, it ends up in Rosette. Dude, the guy was smashing. I couldn't tell if he was shooting or crossing half the time. You'd have all these guys like sprinting into the box, like, busting a lung to get up there and then he just smashes it into the crowd and it's like bro like how are you on the field and then i don't know if you watched the whole game but when eric miller came on we looked so much better like he he isn't like known for getting up the field but even when he did he got a ball back in the box that almost resulted in a goal like he had one cross opportunity and he actually got it in the box versus bonilla just was oh my gosh dude that guy right now probably is like my least favorite timbers player i think I would take no, no comment. You know who I'm gonna say. I would take Gutierrez playing dude, over him. The guy just he reminds me of like a JV like middle like a so, like a sophomore or junior on JV who like is just playing soccer for the first time and he'll just pass the ball right to the guy in front what? of him. He tries he does the same move every time. He tries to just touch the ball ahead of him and just beat him with pace and it just goes out of bounds every single was, time he does it it happened like three times last game it does it every game there was one really bad moment where the commentator was talking about how portland really needs to settle down and just keep possession of the ball and we're like trying to build out of the back we're under some pressure and we finally find him and he has some space and he, just, and he takes one touch ships it right at and the he hits head. a freaking travella just straight to like la's like center midfielder and it just goes right to him, and he settles it, and they just are back on our goal. And it's just, it was terrible. LA Galaxy also missing uh, Jovalich through international duty. They were missing Chicharito still through injury. So they had Preston Judd up top. I thought he was kind of exciting, actually. He was a guy I would like to see for the Timbers. Uh, front two of him and Tega Icoba would we be did, elite. We did, we did another bang average, just... <laughs> championship we, caliber striker we can make any striker score. in the league look good honestly timbers are so bad defensively right now but i want to highlight one thing before we just spend half the podcast on this one game. i want to keep talking about the timbers actually uh, no it so yeah ugly game but and then yeah loria and then bingham both go off injured goalkeeper and winger for portland so more injuries timbers left back has to fill in for like the last 30 seconds but a lot of people are really critical on Nia's Goda, which I get. He's been kind of lazy when he's on the field, and he hasn't really done much. But I see a game like this where he didn't play until, like, the last 10 minutes, and we created, like, nothing. We are so bad at getting service and stuff in the box. So I don't see him super at fault right now. The only couple shots we did have that were threatening were by him, honestly. He had that header, and then that goal... 
it was like the Eric Miller cross that somehow snuck through and he kind of hit it right at the goalkeeper. So he had our most dangerous opportunities. It was just, I don't know. I think he needs like a penalty or something to get him in form. I think part of that came from having 19-year-old Tega Ikoba up there as well. That guy, that guy looks solid when he's up there. And part of the reason why I think he didn't get more minutes, actually, they said it during the broadcast, but he's not fully fit. He's still recovering from an injury, but he's definitely a guy that I hope we hold on to. We don't pull in a Bobasi and just like play him as a winger for three years and then sell him and find out that he's actually a great goal scorer. The guy's... He's a big striker. He's strong. He kind of has almost a similar build to Nia's Gota, but he's actually fast. Like, he was burning that outside back for LA Galaxy and getting through. Like, he was burning, um, what's his name? Uh, I think it's Raheem Edwards. He was, he was like, flying past him, and he actually, like, ended up giving getting uh, Raheem Edwards a yellow card, and then after that, like, he was through a couple times. So, well done for him. Um, but let's move on. That was, like, a lot of time on the Timbers in LA, more so the Timbers in LA. Yeah, who else played in that game? <laughs> anyway, next up we got Charlotte versus New York Red Bulls. I'm not going to spend time on this. It was just a 1-1 draw. Uh, Charlotte was at home, so a point each. Elias Manuel with the goal, dude. So funny story about this. So uh, Dante Van Zier, their new DP, still isn't getting the start because this guy has been killing it in training, according to their head coach. And he proves why with yet another goal. Love to see it. Here's a here's a bloodbath that made me kind of get a little bit of revenge as a Timbers fan. Columbus beats Atlanta six to one. Atlanta missing Robinson and Tiago Almada on international duty, but I called this. I said Columbus was gonna smack them. I was not getting that vibe, but you were right. Christian Ramirez, the striker who went over to Scotland, actually. Funny enough, we were talking about Scotland after last week. Um, comes back to the league, gets oh, two you goals. mean NCAA Division Three level no, soccer? Right you know there? what? I had a I had one friend who he's of Scottish ancestry, and I want to apologize to the Scottish community <laughs> for insulting their league. We're trying to get allies here for MLS, but you know he he this Christian Ramirez he played in Scotland. He used to play for a few teams, but been good in the league. But he's back now for Columbus. And scored two goals in his first start, and what a game for Columbus! What it would seeing our our team, the Timbers, just not be able to get shots on target, and then watching something like this must be really fun to see. Fun fact: Keegan Hughes getting in the game. I was just gonna ask if he made it in the <laughs> in the game. He made it in, and uh, you know part of the reason why they said because. I don't know if you watched this game, but it was kind of like slow first half and then popped off second half. Keegan Hughes gave a very inspirational locker room speech, word has it. That's right. He was standing on top of the table and just screaming at the top of his lungs. Yeah. He, uh, you know, galvanized this team. But I I had a feeling Atlanta was going to fall off without Tiago Almada and Miles Robinson. They, they're definitely not as defensively solid without Miles Robinson, and they have no outlet without Tiago Almada just to kind of be silky through the midfield. So they better live it up until the summer when the guy gets sold off to Europe because when he's gone, they're going to be struggling. For sure. Next up on the, on the margin, we got... New England going to D.C. and beating them 2-1. Benteke scores for D.C. Gustavo Boo gets another goal. And then Noel Buck, the American homegrown teenager who's a good-looking prospect right now, gets the 88th-minute winger. 
But Josie Altidore makes it on the field, actually. I thought he was kind of getting phased out. It seemed like he was in good old Bruce's doghouse, but he gets on the pitch. Yeah, I didn't catch this full game, but I saw the goals, and that uh, Christian Benteke goal was nice. The way, um, you know, he kind of receives it and just, like, plays it out wide and then just proceeds, like, he. they definitely have an identity, like, DC is building their identity, and it's definitely to play through Benteke. Like, get the ball to him, ping it wide, and then he doesn't, like, try and get involved in build-up after that. He just gets into the box right away, and it's it like, works for him. It's like, like you and pro clubs. Dude, yeah. Chase, Chase is a, he puts his big 6'7 striker, and we just immediately get it to the wing and cross it to him. My guy, Briss Chinteke. <laughs> you, you have some apologizing to you. I remember on our first episode, we were previewing the Eastern Conference. You were not a fan of Benteke. You didn't think you could cut it, but three goals this season. All right, moving on to the next game. <laughs> what do we have next, Jacob? We got Miami losing at home. By two to three to Chicago, and I, I have been waiting for something. I want Chicago to have something to cheer for. They get a three to two win at Miami. Miami's been good this year. They won at Philadelphia. They've had some good results, but love to see it. A forty-eight-year-old Kai Kamara scores the stoppage time winner for his I, scores for his tenth different team in the league. I loved seeing this happen because, yeah, Miami's been good. They've gotten good results. But similar to St. Louis, it seemed unsustainable. Like they were, they were not performing like equal to their XG. They were like scoring these bangers from outside the box. I don't know if you caught any of this game. I watched it for maybe like ten minutes, and I saw Miami just hit like three just hopeful shots from like super far out with like their one of their like center mids. And every time I was just like, what it like? What are you doing? Like I love to see players take shots every so often, but like three within ten minutes seemed it's the a Gary bit Neville way. He's it, just... It's it kind of reeked of like when you get that like one guy in pro clubs who scores one goal from outside of the box and then proceeds to <laughs> proceeds to hit like four more and he's like, dude, I'm cooking, dude, I'm cooking, man. Like, who you referring to? <laughs> we have a pro clubs team. We got six guys. Dude, you know who I'm talking about? And who who else says, dude, I'm cooking? Let's. That's what. I, that's the vibe I got from Miami is they were just banging shots from like way too far. And it was like you could have like laid the ball off, like con- continue your build up, maybe hit a cross into a dangerous area. But Chicago, they looked solid. I saw their um, first goal with Mueller. Did you did you catch any other goals? It was like a really well worked like ball up out wide, and then it was like played into the box. And their striker, I don't know, Prizbilko. Prizbilko, yeah. He like kind of went towards it and then left it for Chris Mueller at the back post. He just like didn't yeah, like. Didn't pass it into the goal, just rifled it into like the roof of the net. So, really like promising play from Chicago, but that was without Shakiri. Yeah, with good, good, good result for Chicago. Next up, bit of an upset: Orlando two, Philadelphia one, and yeah, Orlando scores two goals in the first ten minutes. Philly pulls one back with Andres Pereira, former Orlando man, but. Yeah, Philly's third loss in five games, and everybody was talking before the season, Philly's going to just dominate the league. We thought so too, but good good result for Orlando. Don't want to dwell on too much of this. Do you have anything real quick you want to say? Not much. I caught like the first like 20 minutes of this game just through the MLS 360 show, and that was about as much as you wanted to see. It did, see, like, it did seem like Philadelphia was kind of taking control of the game, but couldn't pull it off. Yeah, some other results. I'm going to 
not spend too much time on. Austin won. Colorado won. One thing I want to say is Kevin Cabral gets off the mark for Colorado. Love to see it. And next up, Houston gets a 1-0 win at home. Two wins in a row with shutouts against New York City. So they won both of their home games. Kansas City loses 4-1 to at home to Jordan Morris. I mean Seattle. But <laughs> The human bulldog, you mean? As much as... This is a thing. Here's what I got to apologize for. I was completely wrong. I said Jordan Morris has been figured out in the league. And, of course, this is the season he decides to start popping off and scoring goals just to make me feel even worse as a Timbers fan. But, I don't know. This guy has been unstoppable. Seattle was winless in their last two games, but back on track with this result. I don't want to talk about it, man. (laughs) Hey, we have... Gosh, I I, C- I hate Jordan Morris, dude. You know, I hate C- his stupid what? little bulldog posture. Okay, I can I can slander anybody on Seattle, but how can you? I I like Jordan Morris. He's a hard. He works hard, dude. Every time he's on the national team, he works hard, and he's a guy I don't think should be on the national team. If I, I'm being completely honest, I agree, but you can't you can't fault his. You know his who else works his, hard? Paul Ariola. He should. I would rather see Paul Ariola on the national team. I agree. And we can't keep up with this Seattle disrespect. You know our like third or fourth biggest market is in Seattle, actually. Dude, actually, <laughs> that may be because I put Seattle pretty high up in my rankings. I on it. I don't know as much as I, I say all of this. Like I hate. I really hate Seattle. I hate a lot about it. But when I have like a good conversation with a Seattle fan, like I don't mind it. Like I get along with Seattle fans. And I could admit that they're a really good franchise and a well-built team. Doesn't mean I like them. Still hate them. They play really well. They're not fun to watch as a Timbers fan, but it makes it even more sweet when Timbers go to Seattle and just pull out a 3-0 win. That's right. That's right. Next up, Minnesota won, Vancouver won. Vancouver with a goal at the death. 98th minute equalizer. And... (laughs) So Rob's Minnesota of a win, but Minnesota two wins, two draws, undefeated on the year still. I was watching so. the MLS 360 show, and I just see in the bottom left corner of my screen, Vancouver in the 98th minute just score like a like a header at the back post to like win the game, and then they like oh we got to go to commercial break, and then they never show the replay of the goal. So I had to like go back to the Vancouver game and rewind it, and I was like man the Vancouver disrespect as the smallest team in the Cascadia Cup rivalry. They just do 98th minute like equalizer and they don't even bother going back to show the replay. You already know if that was Seattle or Atlanta. That... Dude, they had 23 shots that game to Minnesota's eight. That's crazy. Dude, that's what I – Minnesota's going full Burnley. They're just – they don't have their playmaker right now. But anyway, next up is Nashville hosting Cincinnati. Brandon Vasquez scores. Cincinnati wins 1-0. Next up after that, we've got the big boys. Not LAFC, but St. Louis City. 4-0 at Rail Salt Lake. What do you expect, dude? It's freaking Salt Lake. I expect somebody not to pass Jao Klaus the ball through on goal one of these weeks. Dude, so we talked about this before the game. Both of Zhao Klaus's goals, don't get me wrong, this guy's a great player. Like, he's a big target man who also has, like, some good foot skills. Like, he's 
good on the ball. His first goal was like a just a botch like clearance by Justin Glad, who just like kind of like chips it up in the air, and then Jao Klaus like smashes it home with a good volley. Then the other one is like, what is what kind of freaking like voodoo curse does this guy have? Where it's just the defense is like passing the ball straight to his feet so he can just run five yards and then slot it home. Crazy. But St. Louis, five wins on the bounce. Unbelievable start. I think it's the second best start just in league history. Not expansion, but league history. So I just bought my tickets for the game in St. Louis, too. I am not looking forward to going there, dude. The way Portland's playing, too, it's going to be 8-0. You know what, actually? We said this a couple years ago when we went to Seattle. Portland was on like a terrible run of form. And it was, like, going into the final stretch of the season. Seattle was, like, pretty hot. And I remember we were, like, dude, Portland's going to lose 6-0. Portland's going to just – like, we went into that game knowing it was going to be terrible. Portland was going to lose. Pulled out a 2 or 3 – it was a 2-0 win. 2-0 win. Went home happy. Went on to host MLS Cup. And then I forget what happened after this that. This is going to be the turning point game. I'm calling it. Portland's going to suck until end of April. And then we're going to go to St. Louis – Pull out a 7-1 win. I say that now, and then I'm going to end up just getting super mad and getting into a bar fight or something. And if not, you have to get uh, a Jared Stroud authentic jersey. <sighs> no, so. you said if he gets if we score a hat trick while we're there. I'm changing it. All right. Moving on, LAFC hosting Dallas. Can I get a Nicholas Giacchini jersey instead? Nope. has to be Jared Stroud. LAFC beats Dallas 2-1. Cool story for this one is Dennis Buenga is on international duty for Gabon, and he leaves, goes on a 13-hour flight, gets to L.A., like arrives in the country like three hours later, makes it to the stadium, and then gets subbed in and scores the winner in the 84th minute. So That's cute. You ever hear of a guy called uh, Giovinco doing the same thing like six years ago? That's right. That's what that was the goal to send Toronto <laughs> FC to the playoffs, man. That's some good MLS lore. I, I love stories like that. Sebastian Giovinco, that clip will like be burned into my brain forever because that guy was such a baller, but he was like Portland players aside, probably my favorite player I've seen in this league um since being an active fan. Last game we had to save for last was a thrilling nil nil draw between <laughs> San Jose and in Toronto. I got, I, dude, nothing. I saw nothing of this game on the MLS 360. Didn't watch didn't the highlights. Much. Didn't, I just, not much to see. Tommy Thompson San Jose, got a foul. San Jose switched it up to a 4-4-2 from their 4-3-3, so that's all I have to say. Not much, apparently. Okay, so next up on the agenda. So We're that was going to, let's just move on from the thrilling san jose toronto draw let's talk about something that was announced a couple weeks ago now the mls all-star game i think it was announced just last week will be hosted though in dc and the mls all-stars will be playing against arsenal dude they're such a good team the gunners (laughs) they're so good anyways what you know, what are your thoughts on this, Jacob? What do what do you feel? I'm, I'm a big fan of the MLS All Star Game, right? And they've been doing, you know, lots of different formats. They've kind of strayed away from their traditional format, which was playing against a big European team. They were playing against the Liga MX All Stars, 
which was cool and there's a natural rivalry there so it was fun to watch um i don't know i i'm excited but i'm not excited as i would be normally i feel like it's kind of lost its glamour in a way i'm i'm still excited i think it's a lose-lose either way for certain people because i'm sure you've heard this quoted but people say if you win then people just say oh you just beat arsenal in their preseason it doesn't matter but then if you lose then people say oh like we beat your league's best players in a friendly like either way you're kind of screwed right yeah that's that's where i feel like it's not good for the league health overall that we play against some random super team arsenal's not a super team um but, you know, when you pull this just random, like, historical club from Europe and you put all of our best players in the league into one team, you let them, like, practice together for a week, they get a couple training sessions in, they're all just doing, like, weird, like, skill games and stuff, and they play against this team. To me, like you said, it's a lose-lose. It never looks good. I liked when we were doing the Liga Mekis, like, uh, like all-star versus all-star i thought that was fun but it would have been a little bit repetitive with leagues cup this summer so i don't know i just i feel like mls should kind of revert to like an inner league like east first west i think would be really cool or if we wanted to do like all-star versus all-star branch out and find another league like find go to like the brazil like syria and see if like we can arrange an all-star versus all-star because it expands our brand down there I mean, if you even want to go to Europe, like maybe maybe not the Prem because they probably wouldn't be super willing to do it. But maybe like Germany or Italy or even Portugal, if you find like another league that would be willing to put something together that will expand their brand in the US and expand expand our brand in their country, I think that's the way to go. I would love to see an East versus West cuz I think there's some pride there because there's always this debate of which which conference is better. But I think just putting all of our best players in a team that is always unbalanced because you just have way more attackers than defenders. You never have a D mid. I remember like when Chara played for the all-stars, he was the only D mid and they had like five attackers ahead of him and four defenders behind him. And it was just super disconnected and didn't work. Yeah. That's the, the thing I, I agree. And so one thing I'll say is East versus West. I would love to see, but I feel like they're not going to do that for a long time, at least until the league is a lot more popular, just because I think the all-star game isn't meant for like the MLS fan. Honestly, it's meant. So like a kind of more Euro interested fan of the league or in Liga MX fans will tune in and maybe grow some sort of, some sort of bond with some of these players and then hopefully get intrigued. I know like Schweinsteiger, for example, the 2014 MLS all-star game, he played for Bayern Munich, and then when he came to the league like three years later, he said it was partially because his first experience was the All-Star game of MLS, and it just In left Portland, a good... Portland, baby. That's right. It left a good impression for him. So I think that's a player example, but I think there's cases like that with fans where they're trying to catch kind of the, the random, maybe more casual fan for MLS and more Euro-interested fan inside. Here's my pitch. They did it once, I think, in the early 2000s. U.S. national team versus MLS All Star oh, with gosh, all the no. with all the Euro snob U.S. national team Twitter Twitter people out there who are super annoying. Can you picture? Can we just have Haney Mukhtar just skinning Cameron Carter Vickers and oh. just putting in four past Zach Steffen? 
What about those players that are like like what about what about like Walker Zimmerman or Miles Robinson? Do they like play one half with one team and one half with the other? So it was just a European or like outside of MLS based roster, and mm. I think now that like pretty much Zimmerman or Robinson would be the only starters, and then maybe some you know some bench guys. Kellen Acosta, dude. Exactly, but those guys could either if they're not selected on the All Star team play for the other team, but. I think if it's just an outside of MLS based thing, I think that would be fun because then you get to watch not only your national team but then your league. I think it would be cool. I agree that would be kind of fun to watch, but like you said, I think that'd be geared towards like the MLS sickos, like the guys who are already like super big on MLS and follow the national, like guys like us. And you wouldn't really see any growth outside the league where. I feel like they could get some because there's a lot of fans. You're gonna get some random bloke in Newcastle to tune in for that game, no, no, dude. No, not that, but there's a lot of American fans who tune in for the national team, who watch just for the World Cup or just maybe big games, but they won't hold a feather to MLS. Here's my pitch: U.S. Women's National Team <laughs> versus MLS All Stars. I don't even want to fathom what that scoreline would be. Anyways. I, I agree with what you said where it feels like the MLS All-Star game is geared towards like other like countries and other fans who aren't necessarily MLS fans. What I will say is it seems like the week before that game, like all the events that go on, the skills game, everything that goes on in that city, that's geared towards actual MLS fans, people who are bought into the league. And then you have this game where it's like, I don't really care too much. And I think most people don't really care too much when they watch it. They're just kind of like, ah, whatever. Like, an MLS fan isn't going to have their mind changed. Most European fans are going to go into it. Like you said, it's a lose-lose. They're going to go into it seeing, like, oh, Arsenal beat all of your best players with their, like, B team during the preseason versus, like, even if we win, it's like, oh, it took all of your best players to beat our B team during our preseason. So it's just kind of, it's like a lose-lose. I love All-Star Weekend. I think it's really fun. But yeah, I, I wish don't know. I wish some more leagues and stuff did this because it would be cool to watch it from other leagues and see how they do it. Because yeah, people there's a lot of people who think it's just silly or you know it, it's just a money grab. But honestly, it it's it's sports. Like it's supposed to be fun. Like why not have a fun event that celebrates this? There's and, so many unique ways you could string it. Like like East versus West. You could do like North American players, so like Mexican, American, Canadian versus like rest of the world like players within mls so you could kind of have like north america versus the rest of the world like mls players there's so many different ways you can kind of structure this so i think it's so like it's silly just to invite this one big team to the u.s they can go party in dc for a week and then just play against like freaking walker zimmerman and hani mukhtar and all these guys that like it's the middle of their season yet they're gonna get fined if they don't show up for the game so it's just silly yeah and so, yeah, another thing I'll say is they only get two training sessions, the MLS All-Star team. They get two, like, what, couple-hour training sessions. So you don't think Waza Rooney is going to be able to string these boys together in that time? No. Moving on, we've got – I'm going to let Chase take the reins. Chase has got a, a fun little game played for us. We have a new segment that we may be introducing kind of periodically throughout the season called Who Am I? This is going to be a game where we will pick a player. So, for example, if I'm picking a player and I'm going to pose it to Jacob, I will not tell him who this player is. Bobby Wood. How would you know? How would you know that was a player I was going to say? 
So for example, if I pick a player and I tell Jacob, he has three points at the start that he can win and I will give him one hint. So if I say, for example, this player was Argentinian and played for the Portland Timbers or something and he doesn't guess it, then I would move on to the next hint. Now he can only get two points. So if I say this was a center attacking mid who wore the number eight, and he still doesn't guess this player, I would move on to my last hint with only one point available for him, and I would say that this player won the 2015 MLS Cup MVP award, and if he still can't guess Diego Valeri at that point, then I'm not a fan. Then he's a fake fan, and I will slap him in the face. Um, but no, at that point he would get zero points. So he'll have three hints throughout each stage to get points. Me and him have both selected three players. The other guy does not know about, and we're just going to read the hints. We'll start with the first, give the guy a guess, go to the second, give him a guess, go to the third, give him a guess. And if he doesn't get it, zero points. And we're going to tally up the points at the end and see who has the most in-depth random MLS player knowledge. Yeah, we're some MLS sickos, so we we always just bring up just we always just literally say to each other, "Hey, remember this random? Remember Chris Pontius? Or just random guys in the league and stuff." Do so, you remember uh, Jorge Perlaza? How could I forget, man? That guy has gave me some great core memories as a Timbers fan. But yeah, if you guys are listening, go try and play along, like in your car or whatever. Try not to think about it too long and not go during a green light or something, but. <laughs> Maybe pause it and just see if you can guess some of these things. So you guys are playing along too. Chase, you wanna you wanna get one for me first? Yeah, I'll le- I'll lead it off. So, who am I? I've played with Kyle Beckerman, Austin Trusty, and Jeremy Abobasi. Oh man, choose wisely. Kyle so- Beckerman, Austin Trusty, Jeremy Abobasi. That is correct. Those are the three players. I'm going to start a 30-second timer right now. We're going to try and keep this flowing. Man, that is a... Those are some random players you've got there. True. I want to make it difficult. So, to be fair, Jacob has a very in-depth knowledge of MLS compared to anybody else I know. I would say he probably has a much more in-depth knowledge than I do. So I had to make this pretty difficult for him. Jeff Adtonella? Eh, that is wrong. Second hint. I've played for one MLS club across my career so far and only have 30 caps for my nation's youth national team without a senior appearance yet. Only played for one MLS club? Only one MLS club. He has 30 caps for his nation's youth national team but no senior appearances and it was abobasi trusty and beckerman correct no senior caps no senior caps oh man i've stumped him i've stumped (laughs) the mls wizard tommy thompson that is incorrect moving on to the last hint for one point I am a center back, and I wear the number 15. 15? <laughs> Not a traditional center back number. Currently 15? Currently. Still current player as well. Oh, man. What do we got? Justin Glad. 
That is correct. Oh, man. Justin Glad. That is one point for Jacob. Whew, I didn't think you were going to pull that one out. The Bobacy and Trusty, was that youth national youth team? Youth national team teammates. Kyle Beckerman at the club level. He's played 30 caps across his youth national team career. Has not gotten a senior cap yet. That was a tricky one. I wanted to give you a tough one to start. The next two, I think, are guys you'll really appreciate as well. Better be. So my first one, who am I? Won a Champions League with an Italian club. With an Italian club. Oh, that's tough. I'll g- it's kind of obscure. It was the last Champions League to be won by an Italian club. Oh, man. Um, I know this isn't right, but I'm going to just say Bernadeschi. Eh. <laughs> it was the 2010 Champions League. Maybe that will give you some hints. Oh, with, man. With Inter Milan. With Inter Milan. So next up, I played in the infamous 7-1 World Cup game. Brazil versus Germany. Oh, man. Was on the field. Was on the field. Played. Was on the field. Not not on the bench, but it was on the pitch. On the field for the 7-1. And he played for the infamous, and he was in the 2010 Champions League final. Won the final with Inter Milan. Yep. Oh, this is going to kill me. I'm trying to think. Brazilian guy at Inter Milan, most likely. Didn't say Brazilian, technically. I don't know any Germans that played on Inter Milan. Oh, my gosh. I have no clue. I have no clue. I'm going to go ahead and go with. No. I always forget this guy played in the league. Lucas Podolski. I have no clue. I know that's a German guy, and I was saying not, Brazilian. Not a bad guess, honestly, because that guy was linked with the league for a long time, but incorrect. Last one. I was going to give you three teammates he's been with, like you said, but there were so many random players that I had to – I, I gave you five players. So he's been teammates with Neymar. Wesley Schneider, Jermaine Defoe, and then Dominic Oduro, Bright DK, and Dwayne DeRosario. So there's your MLS contingent. So Dwayne DeRo, Jermaine Defoe, and Bright DK are like the MLS guys I know there. And Oduro. And Oduro. Oduro, I know, was a big, he was Montreal for a while. He's another Kai Kamara-esque. He's he played was, all he's over. He's bounced around Mr. Pizza Hair himself. Um, Dwayne Dero and Jermaine. Dwayne Dero was all over the league as well. He was he was San Jose, and then he was up in Canada as well for a while. Jermaine Defoe was Toronto, and this guy played with Neymar. I'm guessing it's Santos, although it may have been in Europe if this guy was at Inter Milan. So it's got to be a Brazilian guy. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think of a random. Is it Juninho? No. It was Julio Cesar, the goalkeeper. Oh, he came to MLS. That's right. He came to MLS. He was at QPR, Queens Park Rangers, and he wasn't getting game time. So he went on loan. He only made seven appearances for Toronto. 
forgot, right before the World Cup. I forgot he came back. I remember because he they were like posting videos of him like training in a park with his kid when he like was like dropped and he wasn't playing professionally and then he came to MLS. Oh my gosh, that kills me, dude. I I forgot he was in MLS. When when Chase texted me about doing this game, this is the first guy I had in mind. That's a good one. That's a really tough one. All right. I think you'll be able to guess this guy. This is a guy that I kind of forgot about for a long time. Jack McBean. <laughs> you mean McInerney? <laughs> no, Jack McBean, dude. He was the LA Galaxy homegrown striker. You don't remember <laughs> Jack McBean? <laughs> I have no time for Jack McBean. I have no space in my brain for Jack McBean. <laughs> that's like that's like asking if I remember... <laughs> He's like a pro Who was that character? dude with a giant forehead that scored against Timbers in, in, in the Open Cup and did like a backflip afterwards? Played for uh, against Portland, Vancouver, Toronto. One of is like Earnhardt. Oh, or... Robert Earnshaw. I was <laughs> yeah. gonna include him actually. <laughs> Got a massive head. Anyways, who am I? I've played. I have. 433 appearances across my career and started my career in Denmark. Denmark. Hmm. 435 just across your career? Across his whole career. It's 433 appearances. Steve Clark. That's eh, wrong. I've played with Eric Hurtado, Paul Ariola. And Bastian Schweinsteiger. Has to be a Chicago. Hmm. How about... How about... Dilly Duca? <laughs> Former Chicago Fire. That's a good deep pull, but that is wrong. Last hint, and I think this is going to be the one that gives it away. <laughs> I won the Voyagers Cup in 2015 as a goalkeeper but have no major goalkeeping honors. David Ousted. That is correct. <laughs> David Ousted for did Vancouver Whitecaps. He played for the fire? He did. He uh, played for Vancouver for like multiple years, and then he ended up actually leaving. Oh, he like he, he kind of bounced too, around. Or? He was DC, and then he also was at fire for a brief. I think he was just there in 2019. Because I think he was the guy who kind of pushed Steve Clark out. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was kind of close to that. I'm surprised. All right. Next up for me, so I got some interesting hints for this one because this player, you'll you'll know him once we figure it out at the end, but he didn't really accomplish much in his career. So I'll say first, his career path, and I, this is a lot of teams, so be, be ready for this. He was, started at Man City. Went to Preston North End, then West Ham, then Derby County, then Marseille, then Burnley, then Bolton Wanderers, then Seattle Sounders, Atlanta United, Minnesota, ended his career at West Brom. Oh my gosh. So obviously some British bloke. I'm guessing a British bloke who played for a bunch of random teams in England. So the MLS clubs was Seattle, Seattle Atlanta, and Minnesota. So newer clubs, newer-ish clubs. Oh, man. Played for Seattle and Atlanta. Dang. 
So it's recently new. Seattle, Atlanta, and what was the last team? Minnesota, and then he played at West Brom to finish his career. Retired now. The only guy I can think of that has any sort of connection between like the like a couple of those is like Ozzy Alonso, but I know that's wrong. That's wrong, but weirdly enough, yeah, he did that those exact three teams in the league. Yeah. Um that's incorrect. Next was this is a funny little story, so or fact. Born in England, born in Stockport, England. Wasn't good enough for the national team, didn't really sniff around it. Got a call from the Jamaican Football Federation and said they they were prospecting him because apparently his father had Jamaican roots. So he signed up for the Jamaican FA, made an appearance for a game. FIFA did an investigation. They decided his dad's actually from Sierra Leone. So he wasn't actually Jamaican at all. So they petitioned. So FIFA had to rescind and like cancel out that game for him. So he made an appearance for Jamaica, but it didn't actually didn't actually count. Acquaint to anything. It's it's on his like career stats, but it the game got kind of forfeited. Who's a fake Jamaican that played for those three MLS clubs? Oh my gosh, dude. This is rough. This is really testing my deep MLS knowledge. Has it from England that came across? It's gotta it has to have been within like the past like four years as well. Does he have I guess I can't ask questions, he, but I'm guessing it's you, a guy that it's didn't a get bit a of a tough one. Ton so. of appearances in MLS. Oh man, I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't know. Ozzy Alonso was the only guy I could think of that had the connection across those three teams. I don't know, Darren Maddox. <laughs> I know he never played for Seattle as Vancouver, but he went over to a. Uh, Incorrect. The my, East Coast as well. My last hint is he won the 2016 MLS Cup with that was, Seattle. That was with Seattle. Was he on the field? Yep. I am not 100% sure, but I feel like he Michael took a Michael Azira. <laughs> no. It was Tyrone Mears. Do you remember him? He's oh, an old... Yeah. I'll show you a picture of him right now. You guys can't see. Don't look this up if you're driving. The defender yes. for Seattle. So he went to Seattle, and then he went to Atlanta, and then he went to Minnesota. He outside scored, back, right? Outside back. He was a right back. Scored one goal at each of these clubs. No more. What the heck, man? That was a good one. Last one. I think you'll be able to get this guy as well. Who am I? I spent most of my career in Europe, but had a three-year stint in MLS before returning to Switzerland in 2020. Three years in MLS? Three years in MLS. Skelshin Gashi. How did you get that on the first guess? Was that really it? That was it. <laughs> Dang. I was, I was just thinking... Guys who are like, because what happens a lot in MLS is there'll be a guy who's like an exciting, like, you know, in his prime player, he'll kind of light up the league and then he'll just go back to a average or not average or that's mean, but uh, <laughs> not as big European league. You went back to some random team in Switzerland, but Grasshopper. That was 
that was a good hit because my other hints were uh, he's a midfielder and a forward that represented Switzerland at the youth national team but played for Albania's Albania. senior team. And his most memorable moment was winning 2016 goal of the year in MLS. That was with a- an absolute insane free kick against my previous player, David Usted. <laughs> Way to connect the dots. I, we were just talking about that goal yesterday. That might Or not yesterday, but recently. Might be why it was fresh. All and right. That puts it out of reach. You're at four points. You've already won the game, but this is for just merely consolation for points. Morale. Who am I? I won four FA Cups in England before coming to MLS. Robbie Keane. No. Next up, I am a defender, and I had 40 caps for France, including being the runners-up to the 2006 World Cup. That's an old guy. (laughs) Some old French dude. That's probably on Ben's ultimate team. (laughs) He's retired now. That played in England, was a defender. You, You didn't say what club in England, right? He just played in the Premier League, won four FA Cups. I'll give you... He played at Manchester United and Arsenal. Oh, Bakary Sanya? No, but great guess. Last hint. This is what is going to give it away, probably. Before coming to the league, he was on trial at Portland Timbers and then didn't get signed, then went on trial to Seattle in this same offseason before the season. Went on trial at Seattle... And then Portland decided to sign this guy, but he was on trial at Seattle, so we had to send Seattle uh, like a draft pick the next year. It was a French guy? French, won four FA Cups, played for Man U and Arsenal, was on trial at both Portland and then Seattle before being signed to Portland. The only French defender I can think of is Jean-Baptiste. And I don't even think he's French. It just sounds French. I think he's Haitian, actually. But <laughs> it's a French last name is because that, that was like a French colony. Is that your final guess? Mm. No, I take I, re, I redact that. I'm trying to think who played in the prim other than Ridgewell and Stephen Taylor for the Timbers. And it has to have been an old guy. Oh, center back. No, Maviala's French, but I hate that. There's no way Maviala, he didn't play in the Prem, did he? No, man, this is killing me. In 2006, Maviala's yeah, not that and old. The MLS team was Portland. Maviala is not that old. Man, did he? Oh, I don't want to say Jean Baptiste because there's no way that guy won FA Cups or was runner up in the World <laughs> Cup. That's true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, man. He only and made. Steven Taylor was not French, so. He only made eight appearances for Portland in the 2013 season. That would have been around Jean Baptiste this time. So that was like our first season in MLS, right around our first. Third season. This is the first season. That was the first year we got Caleb Porter. We were good. Oh, man. I have no clue here, honestly. Give up. I'm going to go ahead and just say Jean-Baptiste out of fear of not saying anybody. Incorrect. And 
this guy was Mikel Silvestre. Oh my gosh. Remember what him? What a forgettable player, dude. He didn't yeah, he remember his debut was against the Red Bulls and Thierry Henry. And this guy had two absolute howlers in the back that led to goals, but then Portland came back to get a draw. So Yeah, I forgot. I honestly forgot about Silvestre. Man. That's a that's a era of timbers that I do not think of very often. All right. Good so, picks though. Good picks. Thanks. You, you won that round. Four nil. Four nil. You freaking stomped me out. Fringe MLS players who spent like a year in the league is my I'm gonna specialty. I'm gonna have to. This get might some, be a reoccurring segment for a bit. Till I'm we, gonna have to pull some some more deep pull guys because I I went a little light with Justin Glad, David Usted. You went a little more. I didn't like, think domestic. you were gonna get Skelchengashi that quick though. That was surprising. <laughs> you got him on the first guess with like the most obscure clue that he went back to Switzerland. You were like, oh, Skelchengashi. I like, couldn't duh. think. There was another player who I was totally thinking of, but I could not for the life of me remember his name so i just went for gashi huh. anyways moving so on we're almost out of time here so we're gonna just make this real quick we're just gonna do some predictions for three games okay? let's let's throw it back because we did some predictions first few episodes and we had talked about how we we're gonna keep track of our points and we haven't really done that so right now after i've tallied up our points you are whooping me nine points versus my five points based on our predictions for anybody that doesn't remember if you guess the score line completely correct you get three points if you guess the result correct you get one point if you're wrong on the result you get zero points that's right so we we picked three games from this upcoming week and we're trying to do not the same teams every single week so we can spread the love a little bit but first game we're gonna talk about is going to be Philadelphia hosting Sporting Kansas City. I went for 3-0 Philadelphia win. I went 2-0 Philadelphia. I feel like KC's not in a great spot to handle Philly right now. Philly's probably going to be pissed off after last week as well. That's right. Next up, it's got to be St. Louis versus Minnesota. St. Louis is 5-0. 5-0-0, actually just five wins and then minnesota is undefeated technically as well two wins two draws i opted for three nil st louis victory at home i went one nil minnesota i think the burnley ball is gonna defeat city here city in all caps as they like to be called i i think st louis's luck may run out with a team like minnesota that's just gonna be like no nonsense just get that crap out of our half we're not gonna pass the ball around we're not going to pass it to your freaking striker's I, feet. I was going to say, Michael Boxel is probably going to s- pass it right to Zhao Klaus. So. I don't. I think Adrian Heath has a good game plan for this, dude. The man's going to be up for the challenge. Final game for us for week six predictions. Colorado Rapids hosting LAFC. My gut tells me a big LAFC win, but I'm going 2-1 Colorado. Upset. That's a mistake. LAFC is going to wipe the floor with them. 3-0. Colorado looks terrible, and I believe they just scored their first goal of the season last week with Kevin Cabral, who has not been good for them. There's a reason why LA was so like keen to get rid of that guy. Floodgates are going to open up in Colorado. <laughs> Against the best team in the league? Against the Timbers? Oh, man, don't get me started. 
So that's going to be episode seven now. Episode seven. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys who have been coming back. We appreciate it. And we'll catch you guys next week. Keegan Hughes, come on the show.